Entrepreneurial Women with Purpose is focused on education, empowerment and investment into women's worlds to activate change and develop a deeper sense of meaning in their lives. Welcome to the Holistic Success Series. Welcome to Entrepreneurial Purpose. I'm Catherine Vandermeulen and joining me on today's podcast is Melanie Lynn, co-founder of Well Now, to explore the idea of holistic success. How are you, Mel? I'm doing well, thanks. How are you, Kath? Wonderful, thank you. So I always have a question uh, to evolve and unpack uh, over, over the period of the next 20 or so minutes together, but who is Melanie Lynn. Who am I? Um, yeah, it is a big question. And um, look, I, I think, you know, on the surface, uh, I grew up in Seattle, so I'm originally from America. Um, and for me, you know, I love everything kind of warm weather and summer. Um, and that includes surfing, that includes being at the beach. Um, I love cooking and yoga. Um, and I love reading and learning. And how I identify is probably um, as a mother, as a daughter, as a partner, as a friend. Um, and I've been in Christchurch, New Zealand for about the last 10 years. And I suppose when you delve maybe a bit deeper into that and you go, who is that authentic self or who is Melanie Lynn? Um, you know, ever since I was, I was sort of a, uh, an early adult, I can remember this feeling of, you know, really wanting to be a businesswoman and um, feeling at home kind of in a corporate office or in a boardroom, but also really wanting to be a hippie or feeling like that was a good lifestyle for me um, and sort of sitting on the beach and, and maybe skipping a few showers, you know? And so I think there's a, there's a time and a place for everything. Um, but I do feel like there are, there are two sides to kind of who I am. Um, and an example of that is, you know, I bought a home, my first home when I was 22 years old and, and my friends weren't doing that. And I felt like, oh, I need to be responsible. I need to do this. Um, you, you know, it's good business. Um, but then on the flip side, uh, I was living in New York City at the time, um, years later, and I went on a ski holiday in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, of all places. And it was just a long weekend. And I met a Kiwi guy there and I ended up moving to New Zealand about five months later. Um, and, you know, I was living the dream in New York City. I loved my newly single life. I loved my job. I was super happy, but I was also willing to kind of um, throw caution out the window, you know, throw it all to the side and jump into something that was totally risky. But at the same time, uh, it was following my heart. And, and this guy is now my husband. So I guess good that it all worked out. Um, but for me, it is it it is that um you know, authentically, I, I do feel like I've got different sides to, to who I am. Um, and I think probably all through my life, uh, they have come out in different ways. And thinking about that biz businesswoman and that hippie lifestyle clashing, can you give us another, <laughs> another example of something, I guess, here in New Zealand, where those two worlds have really come together? or on the other hand haven't quite come together very well you know having that lifestyle and and being a business and you know trying different things trying different approaches and, and trying to blend those two in some way yeah I think it, it's interesting in New Zealand um, it does sort of lend itself to a good maybe mix of, of business and being able to get outdoors and just experience and I think 
um, for me, what I've found, at least in New Zealand, is, you know, absolutely there are serious business. There, there are, um, you know, big corporates and there are a lot of innovative companies doing super cool things. And you have to, to get, you know, coming from New Zealand to get your product or service out there in the world. It has to be um, pretty focused and pretty cutting edge. And, and, you know, even in Christchurch, I'm just amazed that some of the companies that are doing um, super wonderful and, and cutting edge stuff that you just... Um, think wow gosh someone's you know onto it but at the same time um, people are willing to down tools and get out in the evenings or the weekends and uh, the beach is right here in the mountains and so whether it's it's skiing in the winter or um, you know kayaking or paddleboarding and surfing whatever it might be there is just so much access to the other world of being able to you know put the phone down and really reconnect with nature and I know Kath that's something that that you um love to do as well but it is so healthy and so important and I so I do sort of feel like um in Christchurch at least I I get that nourishment where maybe New York City didn't have quite the um you know same same level Central Park is nice but you just you can't get to those activities easily there's only so many times you can go around Central Park (laughs) (laughs) and Melanie what did success mean to you when you were growing up when when I was growing up um, I was taught you know success was a pretty narrow path Uh, it was a kind of a formula you went to school then you went to university you'd get a job and it really needed to be a career and you just sort of stay there for the next 30 years and you do your thing and then you retire Um, and I think my parents you know um, it worked for them and they thought you know it should work for me and that was success and I guess you know, at some point I was probably 16 or 17 years old and I started to think there's actually, that's fine, but there's probably another way. Um, and I almost started to rebel against that or I did rebel against that um, feeling of, you know, the pressure of kind of you, this is the way and you have to be going down this path. So um, I went so far as telling my parents, you know, I'm not going to go to university. And they were pretty pissed off about that. And I said, look, I'm off to California after I graduate high school. I'm going to learn to surf I'm gonna wait tables and just kind of make a lifestyle of it um in much to their their dismay or shock and horror so I think they for them you know it was like hey we're gonna make it as parents if you can you know sort of graduate university and and get on with your life and career um and so I eventually I did go to uni and um I I had applied I've been asked to them and I was accepted um, but I just, I just didn't want to be there and I wanted to be doing other things. And, um, so when I was at uni, I kind of caught the travel bug and I ended up spending a year abroad and I studied in Ecuador, um, in South America. And then I studied in Mexico before returning to Seattle to graduate. And then after graduation, um, I, you know, promptly moved overseas. I worked for a Belgian company and I li- ended up living and working in Kuwait and the Bahamas and Costa Rica. And so I think for me, whatever success meant um, growing up or what was instilled in me, I just kind of wanted to do the opposite of that for a while or explore the boundaries of looking at other ways to be successful and what did that look like. Um, Ultimately, you know, university was fine and school was fine, but I just thought there's something else out there. And so I wanted to explore that a bit. Love it. The great great adventure of the world, some of those. Costa Rica, Bahamas, Ecuador, incredible. And so what did success mean to you as you're getting older into your 20s and 30s? How has that started to change from your initial notion of what success was? 
Yeah, I, I probably took a more conventional view then and maybe my parents are wrong for something. I don't know. But um, I, I, I really, I did love the idea of business and I love the idea of corporate world. I spent a lot of time, a lot of my career um, working in tech. Uh, and I thought, you know, I just want to be taking on new, bigger, challenging roles. Uh, and for a long time when I was living in the States, I wanted to get an MBA. And it was only, it was for my own personal edification, but I, I thought, wow, you know, to be a CEO of the company or to be the general manager, just to have this really well-rounded skill set. I wanted to go back to school and, and tick some of those boxes where I just didn't feel as comfortable and pick up some of those skills and, and to be able to apply them as well into what I was doing. Um, and my goals of success were, you know, become a CEO eventually or transition into board roles. And success for me was about having financial freedom. It was about having the ability to work in a role that I loved and for a company that I loved. And I think, um, you know, I, when I, I came to New Zealand, I finally realized for the first time I could uh, swing the work-life balance of, of working full-time and then doing my MBA part-time on the side. So I ended up doing that and ticking that box um, for myself, which was a huge achievement um, and managed to, to do that at the University of Canterbury while I was working in a corporate role. Um, and then at, at some point after that, you know, I actually felt I've, I've ticked all these boxes. I've done all these things. I've climbed the ladders I want to, and I'm, I'm just not feeling um, maybe the fulfillment that I thought I would. But, it, but for a long time, I mean, that was the path that I was on. And I was just kind of relentless into, you know, business and corporate roles and and. Um, growing my own CV, I guess, in my own professional um, development. And how has that idea of success changed for you since having and raising children? Yeah, um, it's a it's a good one, and I think it happens to a lot of people. But I I probably reached this point of realizing, you know, I'm not able to dedicate myself to anything fully. So I have this big corporate role that I'm not probably doing 110%. I'm not doing a great job of raising my daughter. I'm not seeing my friends as much as I would like or my family, spending time with my husband. Um, and not even to mention my own, you know, self-care and well-being was um, suffering. And so just for context, I went back to my role as a chief customer officer in a tech company three months after having my daughter. Um, and it was, you know, five days a week plus kind of full on. And I quite quickly realized I needed to make a change or I was going to reach a point of burnout. And so I spent a lot of time actually thinking about resigning <laughs> um, and really being worried. And, you know, it probably took me almost a year and I was worried, you know, what if I can't get back into an equivalent role? Um, you know, what happens if I take time off and, and um, exit the corporate world? And then how, you know, how do I get back on the ladder you know, what if I get a divorce? How do I ensure financial independence if I'm not working in a, in a big role? Um, all of these what ifs. And, you know, I had many conversations with my husband kind of going through scenarios and, and what would happen. And all the while, um, you know, there's still there's still childcare. We don't have any family here in Christchurch, so it's just us. And, you know, it's just sort of mounting and building up the work pressures, the home pressures, all of it. And, and finally, I just realized I've got to make the leap. I've got to... Um, exit and take control and so after I exited my role I spent a fair bit of time just sort of decompressing after you know 15-20 years in the corporate world it's, it's built up um, but I took some time out to study yoga so I, I love yoga I often do yoga in the mornings um, sort of my time but I, I did a bunch of formal study and I did um, 
uh, became a, a certified yoga teacher, but also did some advanced training. And I spent some time studying Ayurveda, which is sort of a, a sister science to yoga, and it's the science of life. And it's, it's sort of everything from, um, you know, your constitution and, and your body and how you are made up as a person impacts, you know, what you eat and what time you get up and the seasons and how they affect you and everything. And, and so it was really kind of an exploratory phase for me. Um, maybe again, going back to that hippie side of things um, a little bit, you know, there's a lot of science based in it, but but really kind of reconnecting with myself and catching up on some sleep. I just needed a reset. And so I think my whole idea of what success means or what success meant for me at that time really shifted. And it took me a while to reconcile with it. Um, and I'm still, you know, sort of reconciling with it. Um, but I had to, to learn to be okay with that question of like, oh, what do you do for work? And then, you know, not, not having a, a, an answer that I've always had for people um, and seeing those responses. And I had to think about, you know, well, what is my, my daughter going to think, or what is she going to say when, when, you know, she gets asked, you know, what does mom do for work? And so all of these things were sort of swirling around it for me in terms of like, what does that mean for success? And, and what does it mean to be successful now? It's no longer this image that I had in, in my twenties and thirties. Um, so that's brought me maybe to, to where I've been for the past 18 months, which is building a business called Well Now. Uh, with my co-founder Neve, and and Neve actually did suffer burnout, so um, that was sort of the impetus of the idea for Well Now. But I suppose between where both of us had come from um, in the corporate world, we really do aim for a work-life balance within Well Now, and that was kind of one of the foundational things. Was like we have to make this work. So we have an office and we have set meeting times, but otherwise, you know, we flex our schedules to meet the needs of our kids and our families. Um, and that has started to feel like success for me and started to feel like balance, but it's a work in progress. Um, and I think it, it, it's taken a lot of conscious effort. And so after becoming a mother um, and becoming time poor, you know, those things are sort of synonymous. Um, success for me is also now carving out time for things that are important to me personally. So that could be anything from, from a morning yoga session or a walk at 6 a.m. Um, or it's cooking dinner and eating together as a family. Um, and it's starting, you know, a purpose-driven business with Well Now. But it might be ensuring my husband and I get out for a date night or being able to go um, out for a hike with friends. But it's those little things that kind of fill the cup. Um, and that is actually all those little bits equal success for me at the moment. Love it. I love that you've also said that you've really got to, got to consciously make that effort to carve out the time because we always seem to leave our needs to the last uh, but if we actually put those first everything else will fall into place um, totally and so meaningful life what would that look like well I don't know if I am living the most meaningful life yet um, I still have some living to do but you know I'd like to think that I'm moving in that direction and I and I've jumped off this hamster wheel that um, didn't have meaning it was definitely just rinse and repeat uh, but a lot of stress and a lot of you know um, baggage that, that went along with it so I guess when I think about what is meaningful to me um, it's it's travel it's those new cultures the excitement of shared experiences and the people you're with um, and it's learning you know I love learning um, and it's looking after my own health and wellness and and it's building a business that actually has impact for others um, so for me, it's it's kind of keeping those as my North Star or my North Stars and being able to 
sort of slowly gravitate toward that in everything that I do. And it's not every day and it's not easy, but it's, it's kind of just keeping a bigger picture in mind of what is meaningful. Um, and, and like I've shared, you know, that's totally shifted over my life um, between growing up in my 20s and 30s and, and now. And, and I'm okay with that. Um, and it's probably going to shift again. It's all a journey, right? But it's, it's um, what gives me that fulfillment, I suppose, has changed over time. And so when you break down the idea of success into micro moments, what would be the top five things that for you would create a successful day? Yeah, um, this is a, f- a funny one. So having an early morning start, and if you would have you know, tried to get me up early in my New York City days, uh, that just wasn't going to happen, right? And, and now I relish those moments when you know, it's, it's 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning, the house is quiet, and I have the time and space to get my exercise in and start the day positively. Um, and so this is you know, yoga or meditation or early morning walk, but it's just that me time to kind of reset and, and get in the headspace for the day and, and just have that quiet time. Uh, if I don't do it, I'm, I'm grumpy, that's for sure. Uh, I think another kind of micro moment, and it's it's a little thing, but it's having a, a lemon water and then a delicious cup of coffee. It's sort of just a, a routine or a bit of a ritual for me. So um, I've, for years, I've had a, a warm lemon water in the morning, and and then I have you know a cup of coffee, and it's it's just the one cup, and that's all good. But I really feel like something's missing if I don't start the day. Um, that way and you know sort of all off kilter um, so it's just it's just a bit of uh, routine and a bit of pleasure for me um, I think the next thing is is being able to spend time focusing on growing well now and growing the business and so that is you know dedicated time um, whether it's working from home or in the office generally we're, we're in the office but being able to craft a strategy to stumble on our own missteps and, and to pick each other back up again um, awesome having a co-founder, but it's it's our business, you know, and it's kind of um, you're in control of your own destiny. And I think really being able to put a bit of energy and focus in each day for me is is critical. Um, and I think the other thing would be finding some moment of meaning throughout the day. So so much of what we do um, as you know, business people, as moms, as, as partners is transactional um, and there's admin and there's chores. But, you know, no matter what, being able to have some sort of, whether it's a moment of gratitude with someone, whether it's learning something new, a new fact, I don't know, uh, on a, something on a podcast or conversation with a friend um, or having a real conversation with my daughter, helping her navigate, you know, something that happened in her day. But it is that actual human connection for me that makes a difference. Um, and I think the last thing would be reading bedtime stories um, to my daughter. So my husband and I have always had this routine of, of reading to our daughter before bedtime. I love reading and I love, you know, what it instills um, in her in terms of the interest in, in education and things. Um, but it's that quality time together and it's the mental reset that she gets each evening. It's the questions she asks about, you know, whatever it is we're reading and it's that family time and that connection that um, I've really just put a focus on prioritizing. And that's, that's success to me. Wow. And so these were your last moments on earth and you wanted to be remembered as a meaningful life moments. What would they be? Hmm. I don't think I actually have any goals about, you know, how I'd want to be remembered. 
um, I actually just want to do the living. I want um, kind of where I'm at in life. And, and I think those memories will write themselves. Um, so, you know, it's, uh, I've had this reflection lately where I've had a few girlfriends saying, you know, I've got to get out and, and do this. And before my body falls, falls apart or before I turn 50 or before, um, you know, whatever happens and, and you hear friends of friends and things, um, you know, dying fairly young and, and, for me, it's like, oh, shit. Yeah, it's about living authentically and just living now and not worrying about how people will remember me. Um, and I just want to know I've lived the authentic life and I've tried to be a good human along the way. And I think that's enough. And I think that sort of, um, you know, seeds itself. And, and for me, um, it, is, it is being in that moment and, and being a good human. Uh, and leading that authentic life is a really great way to bring that all together, I think, and being our most authentic selves. And so how do you think we can redefine the culture surrounding success to be more holistic? I always find it quite dimensional, verging sometimes on 1.5 or 2. Um, but how do we make it multidimensional, the idea of success? Far out. I think this needs a big redefine. And I, I look at the current culture of what success looks like uh, from a social media lens. And I think concerning what concerns me now is, is, you know, raising a daughter and looking at the stats around teens and particularly teenage girls when it comes to social media and the impact on mental health. Um, and I was just reading a headline, uh, you know, at the massive increase in, in teenage hospitalizations for self-harm um it's just astronomical right and and i think in the u.s suicide is now the leading cause of death for teenagers and so it, it's a generational thing that we're seeing on social media and how young girls and, and teens you know are responding to this image of perfection and this image of what success looks like um and it's i guess for me for my generation i was probably you know lucky enough to grow up without social media but i think of what is that image of success now so i had those images from my parents around um you know going to school and getting a job and things but you look at the um the filters and the the everything's perfect and the life of of just absolute you know amazing bliss and if you're being infiltrated with that every day what does it mean and that is not holistic success um, and that is manufactured and so I think there's a lot um, we need to do to, to redefine what is that um, holistic success actually look like and, and how do we make it real um, and how do we peel that curtain back and I think you know part of doing that is is um, women in particular being willing to have frank and honest conversations um, about life in the public sphere and to be able to, to start to bring some of the realities of actual life versus that social media life to the forefront and to start, um, you know, rejecting some of those, those ideas and content around success when it doesn't serve. Uh, it's a big, big topic. Um, we're probably just at the tip of the iceberg and, and really started to see the impact of, you know, media and, and social media in particular on success and, and grooming people to think that there is kind of one way uh, and for women in particular. So there's there's a lot to unpick and there's a lot to be done and, and yeah, it worries me. And I think um, the more we talk about it and the more we publicize it, at least there's their job and awareness. Yeah, 
Absolutely. And finally, what are three actions that people can take from this conversation to really enable that idea of holistic success into their worlds? Hmm. Uh, you know, I think to, to enable some level of holistic success, the first thing you've got to be realistic about your time and how much energy um, you actually spend across everything you do. You know, so someone says you can have it all. Um, you're probably either superwoman or, or dreaming. And so for me, it's about defining those priorities. Is, is it kids? Is it work? Is it your relationship? Is it fitness, friends? Um, and and what, which one of those things falls to the wayside when you have too much on your plate, which inevitably happens, or which is the most important, you know, which is that non-negotiable? Um, and be willing to communicate that to others. So actually own the fact that you can't achieve everything all the time um, and put those boundaries in place. Uh, and I mentioned I love learning. So I'll actually recommend a course I did a couple of years ago that really sticks with me. It's called The Science of Wellbeing. Um, and it's a course by Yale professor Laurie Santos. Um, and it's on Coursera. It's free. It delves into kind of the science of well-being and the science of happiness. So what actually makes you happy and fulfilled? Uh, I found it extremely fascinating. And, and just all of the things you think would make people really happy and fulfilled, of course, it's not. And, and the science backs up, you know, all of the little things you can do um, that do actually, um, you know, give you those moments of success and, and happiness. And I think the last thing would be understanding what your self-care non-negotiables are. So, you know, what gives you a mini reset? It might be meditation. It might be a bubble bath. Um, uh, you know, it could be going for a run. Shit happens. And I, I know, you know, you're not always going to be able to do these things. But I think, you know, the more people realize you'll be a better boss or a better sister, a better mother, an employee, better friend, if you fill your own cup. Um, it's something that's often overlooked. And I think the investment to return ratio on that is huge. Yeah, I absolutely couldn't agree. Well, thank you so much, Mel, for sharing your world and your wisdom with entrepreneurial women with purpose. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Kath. Thank you for listening to the Entrepreneurial Women with Purpose Holistic Success Series. To connect further into our world, head to www.entrepreneurialwomenwithpurpose.com. Thank you.